0: For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. First intermission, Panthers leading the Bruins 2-1. Six minutes left in the second period. Islanders up 1-0 on the Hurricanes. Panthers and Islanders trying to force game seven. Two games coming up later, Dallas taking a 3-2 series lead into Minnesota. And Seattle on home ice. Trying to eliminate the avalanche. That game will not start, though, until after this show is off the air. Oilers at Kings tomorrow. Edmonton up 3-2 in the series. As you know, we've been waiting for this game since Tuesday. Uh, 6 o'clock face-off show on 6.30, Chad. Puck will drop after 8 o'clock as the Oilers will try to move on and take on Vegas in the second round. Well, the uh, Alzheimer's tournament in Edmonton this weekend always brings a lot of former NHLers into town, including this man who played 1,156 games in the regular season over 19 years in the NHL, 192 of those with your Edmonton Oilers. We welcome back to Inside Sports Shane Corson. Shane, how are you doing? Doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Always a a pleasure to have you on the show. So you're coming out to little old Edmonton, eh? Let me remind everybody what's going on.
1: Uh, Yeah, I heading out to Edmonton to do the Alzheimer's event. I did it last year. It's a great cause, a lot of fun. Get to see some old buddies, Charlie Huddy, Craig McTavish, Chris Joseph. So it will be nice to see them, and it will also be nice to uh, to get out there and uh, get on the ice and raise some money for a great cause. I mean, Alzheimer's affects a lot of people, and it's affected, uh, obviously, guys that uh, played in the NHL. So it's nice to uh, to be able to give back and help out.
0: Yeah, well, good for you for doing that. And yeah, a lot of, uh, like you said, a lot of former pros getting involved and rallying around this cause. Uh, how, how often do you skate nowadays? Are you out there quite a bit doing events or playing or, or how often?
1: <laughs> Not often enough, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, to be honest, I get on the ice quite a bit uh, with di- different charity events. I'm actually doing the Calgary Alzheimer's, the Toronto Alzheimer's. I'm doing... I do five or six uh, hockey helps homeless events across Canada and uh, also do a bunch of Easter sales four or five. So uh, there's about 12, 13 there and they're usually on weekends and a couple day events. So it's pretty cool. And it's, like I said, you get to see the boys and hang out with the fans and they get a chance to know you a bit better as a person rather than just as what they see in the news and on the, you know, on social media and stuff. So uh, it's a win-win. You get back on the ice, see the boys, they raise some money for some great causes and uh you know keep in somewhat shape. but yeah, it's fun.
0: okay, so I'll, I'll throw this one at you. Kind of a fun question. When you meet <laughs> fans, mingle with fans that saw you play, is, is there a common theme that they bring up? I remember this play. I remember this about you. Maybe some loved you, some hated you. <laughs> Did you see everything that you get? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now. there are some that love me and some that hate me. My daughter actually went to school in Boston at Boston College and played hockey down there. And when I first got down there to uh, watch your play, a lot of the Bruins fans uh, uh, that uh, recognized me, uh, the other dads or moms on the, the parents of the players on my daughter's team, would uh, say to me, "Well, we like you now, but we didn't like you too much when you were playing Montreal against uh, the Bruins." So uh, that that's kind of funny, but I mean, uh, they're all pretty respectful. The fans are great. It's it's always fun to meet the fans and. Um, you know whether they loved you or hate you. It's a good thing because at least you're out there and doing your thing.
0: Well, and I've always figured, and, and you know, we obviously here in Edmonton, the fans have been booing Drew Doughty. McDavid gets booed in LA. <laughs> I mean, that's a compliment, though. If the other teams' fans are booing you, I mean, yeah. if they're ignoring you, maybe you're not that good.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I agree with you totally, man. Uh, it's usually the, the the players that are noticed the most and doing the most for their team that are hated by the other the other the other teams' uh, fans. So. Um, I think it's a compliment for sure, and um you know, obviously McDavid's uh, another planet The guy's a great hockey player, and um, he's just doing amazing things. And so is Drysital. I mean, those two guys are just crazy talented doing un- unbelievable amazing things for the Edmonton Oilers, and and for the game of hockey, for that matter. So uh, it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, and Dowdy, well, I think he's ha- I think Doughty's hated by a lot of different uh, fans because he's been a great player for a lot of years, and uh, he he's not afraid to mix it up and not afraid to uh, speak his mind either. So I think that uh, gets the fans going even more.
0: Well, and it's good transition to to talk about this series and clearly McDavid and Dreisaitl continue to produce a lot of points. And I think, you know, Leon has actually been the orthers best player so far in this series. Um, and we've and we've seen some other guys score too, right? Buges had a couple of goals. Hyman got the overtime winner. Uh, yep. I know there's still a long way to go, but are you looking at the Oilers? Are they deep enough to keep going and do some real damage here in your mind?
1: I, I do. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, they're one of my teams I picked to come out of the West for sure. Uh, and like we all we all know, it always comes down to goaltending, right? Uh, any team that wins championships, uh, I've seen it in Montreal Patrick Roy. You know, you get Brodeur and New Jersey and uh, Dazleski and uh, Tampa. I mean, it always comes down to goaltending. And I think if they can get the goaltending from uh, the two guys they have there and Skinner and Campbell, uh, they have as good a chance as anybody. And like you said, I think Dreissel just, uh, you know, played un- unbelievable. You know, nothing against McDavid, but I feel he has been the best player so far in that series. I mean, it doesn't mean that McDavid doesn't come out the next game and be the... Uh, the best player on the ice. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me one bit because he's he's uh, one of the greatest players in the world. So, and I've always liked Drysel. I mean, is one of my favorite players in the NHL. I just think he plays a, a heavy game and you know he does his job in in defensive zone and it's great offensively wins face off. So I, I just think they're both incredible players. We I mean, have two best players in the world that are playing the way they're playing. You're going to have a chance every night to win. But um, and, and if they, they get the goaltending, definitely can go deep.
0: You, you know, you mentioned Drysel. And uh, as you know, I work with Rob Brown, who you're going to see this weekend too. Yep. And and we often talk about, you know, we've seen Leon just not be afraid to be nasty as he's gotten yep. older and deeper in his career. And obviously from your experience, I mean, how important is that to see for the other guys to see a star player willing to not just deliver a hit, but maybe give a guy a little stick? I, I know he got that unsportsmanlike yep. penalty against Dowdy, but how important is that to see from a star player in the postseason?
1: Oh, I think it's, you know, a big part of it. I mean, when you see the star players willing to sacrifice their bodies or do all the little things to win, uh, it just makes you more eager and uh, more willing to do the, the same thing. And uh, that's something I learned from some of the greatest players, uh, you know, Larry Robinson and Bob Ganey and Chris Chalios when I was in Montreal. and You know, Chris Dallin, Dee they, they that's what they did. They wouldn't ask somebody to do something they wouldn't do. And then when I got, you know, the chance to play with, you know, guys like Messier and Gretzky in the the Canada Cup in '91, and then again with Gretz in uh, St. Louis, and and uh, in the uh, Olympics in '98. I mean. Uh... They, were, they weren't afraid to do the little things, and uh, they they always appreciate the players that did all the little things, blocking shots and getting the puck out at the blue line or in at the blue line or sacrificing the body to block a shot or, you know, stick their nose in there when their teammate was uh, getting pushed around a little bit. And uh, I've known a stride settle doing that, and I've seen McDavid, you know, use his body a lot more last year in the playoffs, too, so um, and I'm sure he's going to do it again this, this playoff uh, um, series, so... When you see the star players doing the little things and things that uh, are important to win championships, uh, it just lifts your whole team up and and uh, makes you more willing to do the same thing. And these these the players that I play with, the Gretzkys and the Messiers and uh, the Larry Robinson, Bob Gaines, they, they always uh, made every player on the team feel part of it and, and important. And uh, even if it was one shift where you went out and had a great shift and had a great hit or blocked a the shot, they always uh, were complimentary to you. And that's what makes great teams they make everybody feel a part of it uh that's what uh these two guys in Edmonton are doing they're pulling the team uh, along with them and it's, it's fun to watch and like you said they have scoring coming from other areas too which is very important if you want to go deep in the playoffs
0: Shane Corson checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, Shane, thanks for for joining us. Just I'll just throw a couple more at you. Um yep. I, I know you and I have talked in the past and you spoke yep. uh, you know, you spoke with honor that you feel honored you got to play in, in Edmonton and in Montreal and Toronto, you know, these incredibly Canadian these incredible hockey markets in Canada. I'm wondering yep. what you think when you see the the fan gatherings outside you know, the Moss pit, as it's called here, people yep. bounce it up and down when, when the Oilers, uh, score, I, I know you weren't an oiler for, for a really long time. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, the playoff success wasn't always there, but when you see that in Edmonton, does that, does that take you back or give you a good feeling about your time in the city?
1: Oh, I mean, I loved every second I played in Edmonton. I mean, it's a blue collar town. They love their hockey. They love their sports. They love their football team. And, uh, they uh, filled the arena every night, were there to support us. And to be honest, uh, we, we you're right, we didn't get the, the opportunity to play in the playoffs uh, the three years I was there. But, I mean, they were there every night cheering us on. And if you came to the rink and played hard every night and gave your honest uh, effort, uh, they were behind you and supported you. And uh, always treated me really, really well. And to, to see the fans out there and uh, the, the Oilers having some success, uh uh, I'd love to see that because the fans there in Edmonton deserve it. Um, they're great fans, and um, like you mentioned, playing hockey in Canada is uh, special to start with. Uh, and I was lucky enough to play in three cities that are amazing to play hockey in, and uh, Edmonton was definitely one of them. I just felt uh, right at home there, and um, they like guys that put their uh, work boots on and their helmets on and come to work every day and play hard and play the way you need to play and to win in, uh, in the playoffs. And uh, that's what I loved about it, and uh, I remember my my time there uh, very well, and enjoyed every second of it. And uh, you know, uh, I was hoping to stay there longer, to be honest, but uh, it just came down to not being able to figure something out with slots, and uh, ended up uh, going to St. Louis. But um, I'll always have a special uh, place in my heart for the Edmonton Oilers and the, the city of Edmonton and the fans of Edmonton because they were just incredible uh, hockey fans.
0: Okay and to close I'll circle back to something you said early in the conversation about Boston the Montreal Boston rivalry <laughs> you know in the 80s and early 90s I guess even going back to the 70s it was almost inevitable that they would play in the playoffs at some point um yep. you know and plus when you <laughs> when you broke into the league there were eight regular season games you know yep. how much how much tone setting was there you know how much pure hatred was there when you when you stepped on the ice against the Bruins
1: um, we weren't talking to them in the in the warm-ups I'll tell you that we were either fighting them in the warm-up or fighting them down the hallway during the game and uh, we didn't like each other at all it was uh it was a war every time we played them um uh it, but it was fun that's what made the game fun uh we weren't there we wanted to beat up on them and win the game and they wanted to do the same to us and there wasn't a whole lot of like for either either team and, and the players we went out and battled I mean there was always respect there for each other but um yeah we weren't uh we weren't going out after games for beers or talking to <laughs> warm-up I'll tell you that uh that wasn't gonna happen but um that's what makes the game and rivalries are what makes the game I believe and it's uh makes the fans uh you know more engaged and I know they love that too uh, the battles that uh, teams have and the Robbers teams have. I know it. Uh, the fans are, feel it too, as the players do.
0: Hey, Shane, this is awesome to have you on the show again. Enjoy uh, meeting the fans and, uh, and your fellow former pros at the Alzheimer event this weekend. I really appreciate it. I hope we can talk again soon.
1: Yeah. I love, love talking to buddy and uh, it was good uh hearing your voice, and uh, let's go, Oilers. Uh, hopefully they can finish them off and get it done with and move on to the next round. And Like you said, uh, be able to come out there and spend some time in Edmonton and see the fans uh, and do it for a great cause like the Alzheimer's. I mean, uh, the tournament's on Saturday and Sunday, and I think it's, uh, it's a great event, and fans come out and watch too, so it's kind of cool
0: right on thanks Shane that is Shane Corson former oiler checking in tonight on inside sports uh you can tell he you know he wasn't here a super long time three seasons 192 games but certainly appreciated playing here and uh feeling he's feeling good about how the Oilers are looking in the postseason and as we were Wrapping up that interview, which included Shane talking a little bit about the Montreal rivalry with Boston and how he wasn't very fond of the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins score. They have tied the game with Florida 2-2, 14-12 now left in the second period. Okay, we are going to dive a little deeper into those uh, heavy comments from Jets coach Rick Bonus as we move along tonight. And, of course, always happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on Jet.
1: listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. All right. Coach's
0: challenge. Miss stoppage. Miss that has led to a Boston goal. So it's going to either be either 3-2 Bruins or it'll stay at 2-2. Jake DeBrusque was knocked down in the corner. And sort of in the process of trying to get up and get back on balance. His left glove just barely touched the wobbling puck. I don't even know if it moved the puck six inches. But the next player to touch the puck was Patrice Bergeron. So Florida has challenged for a missed stoppage, in this case a glove pass in the offensive zone. I think, and I thought the Gabe Velarde touch should have negated that Kings goal in, what was that, game three. To me, this is obvious. It's not an intentional glove pass, but the glove directed the puck to a teammate, and you could see the puck move. This is even clearer than the Velarde play. Now, I don't have the sound on. One referee went and stood at center ice. Okay, it's waved off. <laughs> so it is waved off, Kellen. I don't know if you got the replay up in no there, goal. but that's no yeah. There has to be no goal. Yeah, no goal because the the puck actually it didn't go far. Like it's not like the Velarde one where you know Grant. I guess I can see how they said it was inconclusive. Yeah, so it, yes, and- you could see DeBrusque. His glove clearly hit the puck. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was just moving his hand, trying to get up and get his balance back. But mm. his glove did touch the puck, and a teammate clearly was the next one to touch it. Yeah, and so, kind, of, kind of a humorous side to this, too, is the ref tried to announce it, and his mic didn't work. Oh, so he is that what happened? And, okay, because and, one ref went, stood yeah. at center, and then he waved the other ref in, and the other ref said, yeah. no goal. So well, that's why they did Mike that. His mic wasn't working, so that's okay. why. Okay. All right, but so yeah, no goal. It's still 11-42 2, 2, 2, left in the second period. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the certainty hotline. Tony calling in. Tony, how have you been, sir? Not too bad. You? I am doing all right. I am always now. You call quite often after games. You do not yeah. call as often into Inside Sports, so I'm always a little curious well, as to been, what's on I, your I mind. I do listen. No, I, I know listen. that's that's good. And um, I actually messaged you on Twitter. And you said, quite frankly, no. Well, that was you. And I want to know what why, because I've been I I've been watching the Kings Twitter quite. Quite a lot And there's a guy Named Burns I think it is He's And All Everybody who tweets At him Says Oh he's their Best penalty killer He's their best penalty killer It's going to change It's going to change The whole series I'm thinking Is Blake Lizotte Really that Is he Is he a guy Who can change The complexion of the game Okay so you Or is our our power play Too strong for them And it sounds like They're getting Lizotte back Right so Yes uh, So you asked me Do you think If they will slow The Oilers power play down and I yeah. replied to you, quite frankly, no. Now, maybe that sounds a little cocky, but look, I'm not well, saying the Oilers' power play is going to be over 50%. Like, I don't even know what it is, the 60-something percent. I'm not saying they can keep that up. I'm just saying uh, I don't think the Oilers' power play is... Who, like Who's a good enough player to slow it down? Now, it's at an insane percentage right now, being over 50%. I'm not saying that's con- going to continue. But as we know from the regular season, it is realistic that the Oilers' power play could be 35% in the playoffs. So, yeah. So even if it goes one out of every three, that's several big goals along the way so no i don't think the king's getting one penalty killer back even if he's good that that alone can slow the Oilers' power play down because a lot of what the Oilers' power play does is really hard to stop because they're good at puck retrieval it starts there leon wins a lot of face-offs and then they keep plays alive and they have more than one way to score i mean even dry he's not just the off-wing one-timer he can do it from the slot He can get a rebound. He can get a tip. Bouchard can fire away. McDavid's can score from either side. Nuge has the wrist shot. And then, by the way, they try to get tips from Hyman and bank it in off his body down low. So I I just, I'm not saying Lazat won't help. I'm not saying the Oilers are going to continue at this pace. I just think in terms of being stymied, I don't think that's possible to do to the Oilers' power play this season. Okay. Thank you, Tony, for calling. We'll dive into that Winnipeg situation. Bonuses, comments with Kelly Moore. Inside Sports on Chet.